Hey there. It was so good to have Nat from Trail Keepers of Oregon on the show. They gave me a great understanding of what Trail Keepers do and some of the upcoming projects, as well as ways that we can all get involved and support this organization. If you've ever been to Oregon and hiked on one of the trails, or you plan on coming here in the future, just remember all the hard work that goes into place to make it an enjoyable experience for us. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Nat. Hi, I'm here with Nat from Trail Keepers of Oregon. Uh, welcome. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I am newer to Oregon, so I don't know tons about the Trail Keepers. So I'm really interested in hearing your story and a little bit about the organization and how it all works together. So tell me a little bit about what, you know, what are the trail keepers of Oregon? What exactly is this organization and what is the mission? Awesome. Well, first of all, welcome to Oregon. Um, (laughs) Thank you. uh, Trail keepers of Oregon is a nonprofit and we build, maintain and advocate for hiking trails across the state. Um, Our mission is to uh, protect and enhance the Oregon hiking experience through stewardship, advocacy, outreach, and education. Uh, We were founded in 2008, um, and, you know, we're people-powered for sure. Uh, We've definitely gone um, from, you know, hosting one to two trail stewardship events a year back in 2008 uh, to now uh, hosting well over 30 events a month (laughs) on average uh, throughout the year and working with about 3,000 volunteers all across the state. That's a lot of management. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So what's your role in the organization? I'm the engagement manager. Um, So like you said, that's a lot of management. (laughs) But we, uh, uh, like I said, we're a people-powered organization. Um, Most of our stewardship events, um, and when I say stewardship, I'm talking about, you know, folks getting out on trails uh, with hand tools, um, grubbing in the dirt, building trails um, kind of from scratch or maintaining existing trails. Um, So we use the word stewardship to describe all of the wonderful work that our volunteers do out in the woods. Um, And my job at the organization is to uh, help facilitate those experiences for folks. Most of our events are led by other volunteer leaders. Um, So we have a robust crew leader training program that we use to support those folks um, and empower them to lead crews all over the state, as well as support our wonderful, awesome staff that we have um, as well. Um, I also manage our trail ambassador program, which is the second type of volunteer programming that we offer, uh, which is a public outreach and education um, program. And so these folks are trained in um, public engagement and talking to folks about um, responsible hiking and leave no trace and things like that. Uh, it's a seasonal program that goes through the summer and those volunteers table at trailheads as well as on trails and in wilderness areas um, in the Columbia River Gorge and on Mount Hood um, from about April to September. The trail ambassador program sounds so interesting. And are you engaging people I would say, I mean, is it from teens to, you know, people who are retired and have extra time? What's the makeup of the volunteers that you see, especially as ambassadors? 
For ambassadors specifically, we tend to find that it's a lot of um, folks who have spent a good chunk of their life here, you know, recreating. Um, and especially once folks retire, they love to take that free time and that passion and um, that they have for place as well as a lifetime of experiences hiking on the trails here. Um, and they love to be able to take that and give it back. Um, we're also working to engage more with college students as well as folks uh, who are doing things like the OSU Master Naturalist Program. Um, just anyone who's really excited about helping to create sort of safe and welcoming experiences for folks on the trail uh, makes for a great trail ambassador. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's very, um, I think it applies to a lot of people that you know could find themselves on trail. I know some, um, you know, might be a little more shy or reticent to like be an ambassador, but want to help out. So I know you're doing a lot of other volunteer, you know, projects and things like that. So uh, you talked about trail maintenance. Um, tell me a little bit about what people do when they get onto a project and what kinds of roles do they have? Yeah. Um, well, it can be a lot of pretty much anything. Um, the projects that we tackle are everything from sort of everyday brushing, especially in the spring as the plants start leafing out. Um, we spend a lot of time getting crews out there to clear trails as plants kind of grow and obstruct the obstruct the um the trail corridor, um, all the way up to advanced chainsaw work as well. We have a, a Sawyer certification program that we do through the Forest Service um, to be able to train and certify Sawyers on both crosscut saw as well as chainsaw. So um, the ways that people get out on trails and give back are um, as varied as the types of trail maintenance that are needed out there. Um, we do rock work building, um, timber building structures as well. Um, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. One of the cool things that we really like to do as well is take a lot of those opportunities and turn them into uh, training opportunities. And so if we do have a chance to like build a boardwalk, for example, we love to be able to turn that into a training opportunity for volunteers as well as agency staff to be able to join us and learn how to do that kind of work and take it back to their own um, neighborhoods or trails um, to be able to continue to do that type of work there. Are the projects all across the state or centered um, in a certain area? We are a Portland-based nonprofit, but we also have staff on the North Coast, on the South Coast, on Mount Hood, in the Gorge. Um, so we're kind of like slowly radiating out from that sort of Portland hub. Um, we have fantastic volunteers in the Willamette Valley as well, leading projects at places like Silver Falls State Park. We have volunteers in Bend doing work at um, like Smith Rock State Park as well. Um, so we are a statewide organization um, and it kind of depends on a factors of um, funding support as well as um, project and land manager partnerships to depend on if we have staff in those areas or if we're working primarily with volunteer leadership in those areas to get that work done. What are some of the, I guess, the challenges that you feel are unique to um, to Portland and to the areas you're mentioning, you know, the Gorge, Bend, Willamette Valley, that maybe other states don't have to deal with or that you found seem a little, you know, more localized? 
That's a really great question. There's a couple of different factors. I mean, first off, we have so many different ecosystems here just in one state. So you've got our temperate rainforest on the coast, which comes with a whole, um, you know, unique set of challenges, uh, primarily, you know, when it's raining, it's not the best, you know, <laughs> to do things like tread work and stuff. So we have to focus on other kinds of work that we can do in those areas. And the needs of those trails are much, much different than the needs of the trails that you would see maybe in like the eastern or central part of the state where it's more of that high desert ecosystem. So you're working with a totally different type of soil. Um, that needs to be maintained uh, in different ways. Um, you're looking at different types of user impacts as well. So um, versus like the really wet, muddy conditions on the coast to maybe more dry um, and sandy conditions somewhere like Bend or in the eastern or southern parts of the state. Um, all the way to, um, you know, the gorge is a really prime example um, of a its own unique ecosystem as well. The gorge is really, really rocky. And so that presents its own unique challenges when you're trying to put trail on top of basalt type bedrock. Um, but it also experiences a lot of extreme weather, um, ice and wind and snow. Um, and so I would say just like, just to even begin with, Oregon has such a variety of different kinds of pockets and climates around it that bring its own set of challenges. Um, and then on top of that, especially over the last couple of years, another thing that we've had to be really prepared to deal with is forest fire. Um, we have, you know, seen a lot of instances like the Eagle Creek fire in 2017, as well as the fires around Labor Day 2020, and many other events that have impacted, really heavily impacted a lot of beloved recreation areas. Um, and so one of the things that, um, our volunteers and our staff have really had to figure out how to do and do safely um, and effectively is rehabilitating trails after uh, wildfires. Um, because we know that the impact of wildfire continues to happen years and years and years after the fire itself. It's not just the fire going through um, and damaging maybe trails and structures that first year, but the years after that, as trees and other species die off and experience storms and wind events, those trees continue to fall. You continue to have big blowdowns and things like that. And so um, that's another area of um, sort of expertise that our volunteers and staff have really developed over the years is um, understanding how to bring trails back after wildfire in a long-term, with a long-term view in mind. You mentioned about the fires. Um, yes, that's something that I think is happening more and more. And I, for one, um, you know, didn't realize that, you know, there's a fire. You think, okay, well, in a few months, you can come back on the trail, but it's not like that. I mean, sometimes it can be years and years and years and this area is unsafe. So, um, you know, one of the things, I know people get impatient and want to get on some of those beloved trails. So, you know, what would you tell listeners who, you know, to try to understand why it's a process and, um, why this, you know, safety of people on trail um, are, you know, most important as well as not damaging uh, the growth of, you know, the plants coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good, you know, it's a, an interesting thing to look at because a lot of time, I mean, I'm not an expert in wildfires by any stretch. 
Um, but you know, every fire is different. Every fire burns differently and is going to impact an area differently, um, based on its severity. And then the number one thing obviously is people's safety. And one thing that trail keepers is not is a land manager. So we don't, you know, we work primarily on public lands and we're not, you know, a part of administering these lands at all. We work with federal state and local lands all across the state to partner, to be that like public engagement um, uh, resource for those folks. And so when it comes to natural disasters and things like that, the call for, um, and, you know, making the assessments and the calls about what areas are safe to reopen and not really boils down to whoever is the land manager for that spot. So, um, frequently in the areas we've seen affected, it's, you know, the National Forest Service, um, Oregon State Parks, um, State Department of Forestry, those kinds of things. So, but, we do work really closely with them when we know there's been trails impacted in those areas to start having those conversations as soon as we can around, okay, when, you know, can we assess that it's safe for crews to start going in? What sort of work is good for volunteers to be able to start participating in versus what needs to be tackled by professional crews, those kinds of things. Um, so we have those conversations as soon as we can in those fire affected areas. Um, and then we work to be that bridge between the public that, you know, especially after a natural disaster event, always wants to be able to be involved and plugged into how they can support and help bring areas back. Um, and so we really offer that avenue to connect them to whatever projects need to get done on these public lands um, that we can that we can build back together. Yeah, that's the important thing for everyone to know. It's um, that the agencies that manage the land are making decisions based on what's best for the land and people and and, you know, all of that. You had mentioned how each area is unique in the sense of what you can do, depending on, you know, time of year, weather uh, for listeners. This is actually one of the, the best days we've had in a long time. And it's crazy because, you know, it seems like it's been rainy, 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 gray. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have some sunshine, which definitely brightens my mood. I know, <laughs> but, <I'm too. laughs> but you were talking about, um, you know, the rain and the coast and, and things like that. So um, what, what do you tell people when you're talking about, you know, trail, uh, leave no trace and, you know, those kinds of ethics. What about, you know, in this in-between season when things were thawing or, you know, you have a lot more rain and the trails become, you know, very muddy, very unmanageable. What are some things that people can do to, you know, make their experience better and then also to do right by the trails as well? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, so much of trail maintenance and trail design starts with sort of the type of soil you're putting the trail in to begin with, and then understanding the hydrology of that soil, how water moves across it and through it. Um, I would say, especially like in the spring season, as we start to see like snow melt out and things like that, um, I think a lot of people who hike have had that experience of coming across a muddy section of trail where you can, it's pretty obvious that people have been going around the mud puddle a couple hundred times over the weeks. And that part of the trail just keeps getting wider and wider, um, which is pretty detrimental for the trail. Um, 
I mean, in an ideal world, that muddy spot wouldn't be there in the first place. And there's a lot of work that our crews put into tackling spots like that on trails when we come across them to help them drain properly so that we don't have that muddy spot in the first place. But if you are a trail user and you come across a muddy section of trail, um, best thing you can actually do is just walk straight through it. Um, that's where like having good footwear can make that experience a lot more comfortable and making sure that you've got those waterproof boots because going around the trail or going around things like that. And it, it it's the same as, you know, why we recommend that people stay on trail as well. You don't want to trample um, the plants and then you don't want to make the mud even worse. And so that's, I would say when we're talking about mud specifically, walking through the muddy spots on the trail is one thing that people can do to help keep the trail in as good a shape as possible, protect the plant life. Um, and then, you know, if you don't want to get your boots muddy in the future, figure out how you can volunteer to help get rid of the mud puddle on that trail, whether it's through trail keepers or with whoever manages the land. Um, there are solutions to mud puddles that, um, you know, we're always happy to try and figure out. Yeah. And, and then at some trailheads, and even if there's not a trailhead that has that, I know they have, you know, the, the little boot cleaners that are there. And, um, you know, what do you tell people about that? Because I know there's always a risk of like cross contamination going from one trail to another and getting, you know, an invasive species of plant, uh, in a place that, that shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be there at all. And, and as I know, certain sections of trails, it's, uh, it's a lot of invasive, uh, plants, unfortunately around, at least here in, in the Portland area. Yeah, great observation. Um, a lot of folks see those boot brushes at the trailheads and think that they're mostly there to kind of like clean your boots off, which they are, but they're there to clean your boots off from like carrying any seeds of invasive plants instead of just like mud and stuff like that. So if you see a boot brush at a trailhead or any kind of like park or anything like that, it's always a great idea to use it. You never know what kind of seeds are tagging along in the treads of your boot, um, um, you know stuck on your laces, things like that. Um, so if you see a boot brush, uh, use it. That's what they're there for. And that's like one of the frontline ways that we can help prevent the spread of invasive species into other parts. You talked about, you know, working hand in hand with government agencies and land managers. Um, and that's kind of the, that they're doing the projects, they're determining what projects need help and then working with you guys to engage people to assist. Um, what are some projects that you're working on through the next few months here? Um, what are some some things that are going on? Um, yeah, oh my gosh, we have so much going on. <laughs> Um, one of the big seasonal programs that we have is that trail ambassador program that I mentioned earlier. So we're definitely recruiting folks for that, um, not just now in the spring, but all summer long. Um, there's options for folks um, who want to talk to folks in the gorge or Mount Hood at trailheads um, in sort of a front country setting to help talk to day hikers and just share information about how to hike responsibly, um, give them resources on trails in the area, answer questions around like parking permits and, um, you know, whether a trail is great for kids or things like that. It's a really rewarding experience. Um, and you get to meet so many people from around the world um, and just talk to folks, you know, after they're done with their hike and they get to tell you about all the fun, amazing stuff that they saw on trail. 
Um, so that's a really great opportunity. We also have wilderness ambassadors who do um, specifically the similar type of public engagement, but specifically on Forest Service wilderness lands. Um, and so it's a little bit um, more training that those volunteers take to be able to talk to folks around issues like campfires and um, leave no trace in wilderness settings, um, talk about wilderness permits and those kinds of things. Um, and that is done more on trail because you have to usually hike into those areas. Um, so that would be um, one project that I would love to highlight for folks if you're in Oregon, especially in the Gorge or Mount Hood, and you're interested in getting involved and giving back, that would be a great opportunity. Um, you can learn more about that at our website. There's like, you can learn more about all of our stuff at our website. It's just trailkeepersoforegon.org. Um, and then we always have trail stewardship, trail maintenance projects going on. Some big, exciting things for this summer um, include a boardwalk project down in the Umpqua National Forest, just outside of Roseburg, which is um, sort of a reach project for us that we're really excited about. Um, we have ongoing projects at Silver Falls State Parks that always need volunteers. Um, we're doing some really cool projects out there around some new trails that are being developed. Um, and then we all, we have, um, you know, dedicated staff for regions on the North Oregon coast in the Manzanita area and beyond, um, as well as the South Oregon coast and sort of the Gold Beach, Brookings, Coos Bay area. We have events there as well. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the bulk of our work here has kind of been coming out from the Portland hub. So if you are in the Portland area, we have a series of family-friendly events that happen on the last Sunday of every month between now and the end of October. So if you have kids and you want to get them involved in trail stewardship, um, or even if you're just curious about trail stewardship but don't want to sign up for a full day, the family-friendly ones are great sort of um, accessible um sort of beginner half day type events for first timers. And um, they're always a ton of fun. Um, so you can check those out as well. And um, yeah, there's just tons of cool stuff going on all over the place. Um, I mentioned our Sawyer certifications as well. We um, have a really robust saw training program as well. So if you are doing trail stewardship already and you're interested in getting your Sawyer certification to be able to do saw work, um, as a part of your trail stewardship, we'd love to um, teach you how to do that and get you all certified. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for those who are doing that. I mean, I personally don't want to touch a saw, but that's, you know, they're helping us instead of having to climb over or around or under uh, different, you know, trees and things, uh, they're clearing the way. So I think they don't get enough thank, thank yous. <laughs> Agreed. Here's yes. one for the Sawyers. Yes. Um, and I really like you were talking about the family friend friendly events on the Sundays, because I think if you start them young and, you know, get children and young people and, you know, interested in the outdoors and uh, loving the outdoors, then they're more apt to at some point give back to the, the outdoor community. Yes, that's exactly, exactly right. Um, and, you know, they end up having so much fun. <laughs> they get to wear the cool hard hat and put on the cool gloves. And um, one of the cool things about volunteering with us is after five trail parties, you get your own hard hat with your name on it to keep and take home. 
Um, and we had our probably youngest green hat ever get uh, get their hard hat at the end of the year last year. So he's six um, and he That's earned cool. his hard hat by coming to five uh, family friendly trail parties last year, which was really, really fun to see. Um, and it's just cool to see that like excitement and fostering of, you know, a love of giving back to trails and understanding the type of work that goes into trails. I think a lot of people get surprised when they realize how much effort um, goes into building and maintaining hiking trails. Um, you know, a well-built, well-maintained trail is something you won't even notice or think about if you're hiking because it's going to be a beautiful strip of dirt in the woods and you're going to be too busy enjoying the scenery um, to even notice it. You only notice a trail when it's, you know, <laughs> badly maintained or badly built, you know, it's too steep or it's too muddy or things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a lot of science and engineering that goes into making a trail that you barely even notice is there. And so um, I think that's something that surprises a lot of people when they come out to their first event. It's like, oh, wow, like there's a lot that goes into this. So um, it's it's a lot of fun to, to help show people that world. Yeah, you're right. Because we just, you know, as hikers, some of us just think, oh, well, somehow they just got, you know, a piece of path in the woods for us. And that's great. And you don't think about all those other logistics. So while I mentioned the Sawyers, I think all the trail maintainers um, and people who support them are also unsung heroes for sure. Maybe tell listeners a little bit about um, kind of your hiking experience and just what you enjoy and maybe some tips on some local trails that you want to highlight here in the state? Um, sure. Um, I mean, I grew up in the area, um, grew up in Southwest Washington and, um, hiking with my family in the area. So I have a, a long deep connection to the trails, um, particularly, uh, in this, in this region where I'm at. Um, I, you know, I like to stay trails in my life. I love to trail run. I love to mountain bike. I love to um, bike pack and backpack, all that fun stuff. Um, if I'm outside and on a trail, I'm probably pretty happy. <laughs> um, as far as like recommendations go, I mean, one of the things that Trail Keepers of Oregon does is we maintain uh, and host the website OregonHikers.org, um, which if anyone's like done a Google search for any kind of hike information on trails in Oregon, chances are you've come across an Oregon Hikers um, trail description or hike description. Um, it's a really amazing and powerful resource that was built by volunteers um, over the years. Um, I think the site's been around for a really long time. Um, and every single hike description that you read there has been, you know, um, written and researched and updated by really fantastic volunteers from the Oregon hiking community. Um, so I would say if there's information you're looking for for hikes, um, that would be a great spot to go and check that out. Um, it's just a wealth of information for sure. And it covers hikes all across the state. Yeah, that's a good point because um, I have checked out that site and it's very robust and has a lot of, I think you can even search by what you're interested in, I believe. And, you know, is this going to be more of a wildflower hike or, you know, so it has a lot of information there for people who might be specifically looking for a waterfall or looking to see what conditions may be like right now uh, when you're going out there and seeing the trail reports as well. 
yeah, the trip reports are a huge resource if you're trying to find recent information. Um, the site itself, you know, has, you know, it's pretty homemade. Um, so it's, you know, got some, you know, updating that could be done for sure. And we're um, definitely looking at ways that we can um, invest in that site and make it even better for the folks who use it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really great resource right now for really in-depth hike descriptions, as well as getting up-to-date information from Hope from folks who've been out on the trail um, and then sharing their trip reports later on. So in ways that people can get involved, you talked about going out to the website um, and that it can be as little as a half day commitment to maybe longer term um, for the trail ambassador program. Is that something where people can spend just a few days uh, during the summer working on what's the commitment there? So listeners know. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you start out by taking um, an online training, which is right there on the website. It's a series of four videos that just go over the basics of um, the program, as well as some basic skills for public interaction and public engagement. Um, and then there's like a series of like really short, simple quizzes that go along with that. And then once you finish taking the online video series, our staff will reach out to you to start the process of um, answering any questions that you might have and getting you plugged in um, to sign up for a volunteer shift. Those volunteer opportunities happen on the weekends from uh, Earth Day. So we just started this last weekend and we'll go all the way through to Labor Day. Um, and so we'll show you how to get signed up for a shift. We'll get you connected with the other volunteers that you might be able to go out with. Um, and if it's your first time, we'll even go out with you um, just to support you and show you the ropes. Um, it's a great opportunity for folks who um, like to volunteer, you know, independently and like really kind of take ownership over their volunteer schedule. It's super flexible because it is on the weekends. So if you kind of know what your summer is going to look like, you can definitely pick out weekends that you want to volunteer ahead of time and say, I'm going to do, you know, this shift and this shift. Um, for these days. And for folks that do reach certain volunteer benchmarks, we have a lot of really awesome prizes and incentives as well from some of our partners in the program um, that they can kind of like win and earn by volunteering at certain places or for a certain amount of hours. That's cool. That's really nice to hear. Um, can people, you know, give, uh, you know, a donation? Is, is that also uh, an, op an option? Yes, absolutely. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and like I said at the beginning, we are people powered, not just in volunteers, but also um, in our donor base. We have, you know, in my opinion, the world's greatest supporters and donors. Um, and they're just, you know, fantastic. And they're the reason we're able to do this work. Um, so yeah, we are always in need of folks to donate to the work. Um, I think sometimes it can be um, surprising to folks how much it takes to pull off a trail party. Um, but, you know, there's tools to maintain. There's hard hats to get. Um, you know, we got to get snacks for our awesome volunteers um, as a reward. Um, and so, yeah, we're always looking for folks to donate. Um, one exciting thing that is coming up, I'm not sure when this will air specifically, but we are having a new um, fundraising campaign for the month of May, and we're calling it the Trail Keeper Challenge. Um, so it's kind of built on that hike-a-thon model, but we're also adding in a volunteer-a-thon option, as well as just a general um, sort of get-outside option. So folks can head to our website and um, sign up to be a trail champion at trailkeepersoforegon.org slash challenge. And you can um, set up a fundraising campaign 
uh, to either say you're going to hike a certain number of miles for the month of May or volunteer a certain number of hours with us during the month of May. And then uh, you can get your friends and family to donate in support of that goal. Um, and we have um, some really fantastic prizes for folks who meet certain fundraising benchmarks um, from our really awesome um, campaign partners. We've got REI, Arcteryx, a um, couple other really great folks that are helping to support this campaign. So if you want to help raise some money for trails, get outside, do some hiking, um, and win some really cool gear, um, definitely check it out. We'd love to have you on board. And that'll go through until June 3rd, which is National Trails Day. So you've got some time to sign up and get outside. Um, it sounds exciting. Um, maybe it's something I can commit to. See, I'm traveling a lot. Does it have to happen here? Because I'm traveling a lot in May. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tailor your goal to be whatever works okay. for you. We can okay. talk. <laughs> um, you know, it's been great to have you on today and to learn more about the Trail Keepers of Oregon. I think it's a great organization to highlight and to, you know, help people understand more about um, what goes into really caring for the trails that we are on every day and, and how we can all give back and support the different organizations who are doing that um, on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, thank you so much for having us and letting me share a little bit more. I think I would just say, you know, folks, listeners who are in Oregon and want to learn more, please check us out. Um, you know, we do a lot in a lot of different regions. So chances are we've got an opportunity for you to get involved and give back. Um, and if you're not in Oregon um, and you want to get back to Oregon trails, like I said, we're always looking uh, for folks to support through donations. Um, but also if you're not in Oregon, check out the trail stewardship nonprofits that probably exist in your state um, and get involved there too, because um, it's where the rest of the people who love trails are too. It's a great way to make friends. It's a great way to support the, the trail community. Um, and yeah. Thanks. So and what's much. the website again and how can people uh, also follow you all on social media? Yeah. So website is trailkeepersoforegon.org. And you can find us at Trail Keepers of Oregon on both Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again, Nat, for informing listeners about the Trail Keepers of Oregon, helping me understand how to get involved. And also, you know, for those who are local here, how to support you guys. And then also to encourage listeners, please find a local organization, a nonprofit that is doing great things for the trail in your community and find an opportunity to support them. Whether it's time, whether it's a donation, or just getting the word out. Links to the Trail Keepers of Oregon can be found in the show notes. Make sure you follow them on social media. And there are more episodes of Hike coming your way in this season. So stay tuned. So until next time, see you on the trail.